When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. My Seven Chakras, episode 103. What if the journey is actually the destination? The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Takers? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras. And once again, we're back to learn, grow, and transform our lives as we head toward a human revolution. Now, the very fact that you're listening to this episode means that you are interested in changing your life. Maybe you want to wake up from this sense of automation that has made your life a bit monotonous. Maybe at some point you might have asked yourself, Is there something beyond all of this? Or maybe you simply want to become the man or woman that you were destined to be. If some of this is true, then you are in the right spot. But before you start making those changes, you have one decision to make. Do not stay where you are. Because remember, Action Tribe, not making a decision is also a decision. So make that decision right now that you are not going to stay where you are and that you are committed to making it happen. Now, before we move on to today's session, I want to mention that I've started a free email series called The Action Letters, where I share powerful stories, insights, and tips that I've learned from the experts that I speak to. If you're really committed to making that change, then I highly recommend you join us by visiting my7chakras.com slash 27 download. That's my7chakras.com slash 27 
download. And by the way, I have a welcome gift for you when you join. So download the gift and be prepared to zoom towards your human revolution. And Action Tribe, I am really excited to bring you our featured guest for today, Corey Poirier. So Corey, are you ready to inspire? I sure am, AJ. I'm super stoked as well. Awesome. So Corey Poirier is an award-winning and TEDx keynote speaker, host of the popular Conversations with Passion radio show, international best-selling author, and a seasoned stand-up comedian who meditates and practices yoga regularly. So Corey, I've given our listeners a short intro, but take about a minute and tell us a bit more about yourself. Sure. So yeah, one of the things I always share with everybody is the fact that I was raised by a single mother. And why that's significant to me is because I learned a lot of life lessons that I don't feel I would have learned otherwise. So that's a big part of my background and journey. Another big part of it is I was born in a, a very small town. And so it taught me a lot about the power of relationships, but also about the importance of not gossiping. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So um, those are kind of on the personal side. And then I guess the other side of things that I would share is that I'm somebody who hadn't uncovered his passion until he was in his mid-20s and then got to witness the difference in who I am today once I found and discovered my passion. And so that's a big part of what I spend my time doing is helping other people uncover and turn on their passion because I know the power of it. So that's kind of a, a bit of background, if you will, of me. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for that powerful intro. And Action Tribe, there you go. It's never too late to find your passion, whether you're in your mid-20s, mid-30s, mid-40s, or anything like that. It's just a mindset switch that you got to make and then you find your passion. So Cody, people who are listening to the show right now might be on their way to work at home, maybe out in the garden, or maybe at a coffee shop. And that's why we take a few minutes before each episode to get inspired and move into a space of awareness and learning. Sound like a plan? It sounds like a great plan. Great. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And also tell us how you apply this quote in your life. So I struggled with this, AJ, because I was debating, should I share a quote that has inspired me over the years? Because there's many of those quotes, like a, a Zig Ziglar quote. Uh, there's many Zig mm-hmm. quotes that really played a big impact in my life, or Dale Carnegie. But there's one that's been, I guess we'll say, floating around me and and impacting my life in a big way that it was one of those epiphany moments where it kind of came to me as a a full quote and also a moment for reflection. So where, you know, this, this show, you know, is about things like reflection and spirituality and and meditating and and stuff. I thought I'd share one of my own quotes that, Mm -hmm. you know, popped into my head. So I don't know if I can take full credit for it, but uh, I definitely didn't hear from somebody else. And it's a question type quote. So the quote is, what if the journey is actually the destination. And so what that means to me is that for so long and for so many years, I thought that I should be trying to achieve this great thing. And, and you know, there was this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that I was trying to get to, or that I, I was supposed to, you know, once I achieved this certain thing, that would bring all the happiness in the world. And and I have hear so many other people doing that. They're they're focusing on I can't wait till I get hit there. You know I can't wait till I retire and then I'll do the things I want to do. I can't wait till I uh, get a million dollars and then I'll be happy. And so the the idea behind that quote slash question is what if you're missing out on the journey and maybe that is what it's all about and maybe you're missing that by focusing on eventually getting to the destination. So if you were to enjoy every second of the journey along the way, then maybe just maybe you would have more fulfillment in your life from start to finish. And I was listening to a Tony Robbins interview the other day, 
And this kind of speaks to me about what I'm talking about, about being in the moment and enjoying every moment of the journey. He said, we really have to strive to find the ecstasy in every moment. And, you know, I think that's what's really important because we don't know if we have the next moment, but we do know we have this one. So, you know, the quote and I guess sort of question that, uh, that inspires me and, and kind of popped into my head at one point and it also how it impacts my life is essentially that quote and how it impacts my life is that I simply try to enjoy every moment of the journey rather than getting caught up in the destination that may or may not eventually come. I think that's really powerful. What if the journey is actually the destination action takers on the way to finding your purpose, to achieving your goals, to reaching your destiny? Don't forget to stop and smell the flowers. Enjoy your journey and ask yourself this question today itself. In fact, right now, what if the journey is actually the destination? Thanks a lot for sharing that wonderful thought. Absolutely. And with that, let's dive in. Cody, what inspired you to write your book, Enlightened? You know, for me, I guess, AJ, what the big inspiration was is the fact that too many people that I've talked to in the past have said, well, I can't meditate or I can't practice yoga or I can't... uh, sit in stillness because what their vision of that was is that you have to kind of go to the top of a mountain and sit cross-legged and and that's the only way you can get the benefits or derive the benefits. And so the idea was to write a book for everyone. You know, so I, I call it enlightened and enlightened or enlightenment for the rest of us. So the idea behind it is that we don't have to, you can be, of course, a shaman or a, a monk to enjoy enlightenment, but you don't have to. And so I wanted to kind of demonstrate that in a book form and even show people how you could apply it to not just your personal life, but your business to enjoy success. So how can taking time to sharpen the saw or practicing yoga or exercising, how can those things actually have a positive impact on both your professional life and also your personal life? Wonderful. So that was the idea behind it. It was just me getting those benefits and wanting to share them. No, that's so true. A lot of people that I've spoken to as well have this assumption that you need to be sit cross-legged or be in a certain pose or maybe go to the mountains to really enjoy enlightenment. But what you mentioned is through your book, you've sort of taught people that you don't really have to live that extreme lifestyle. You can be what is known as an urban monk too. Be in the center of the city, enjoy the stress, embrace that healthy stress, be with your family, give everything and everyone due attention, but at the same time, enjoy enlightenment. I love that. Thanks for sharing. For sure. Now, I've noticed on your website, you talk about something called vitamin P. What exactly is vitamin P? So vitamin P is, so what it stands for, first and foremost, the P is actually for passion. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of my time, as I kind of mentioned in the intro, helping people uncover their passion. And if they've already uncovered their passion, helping them tap into it and helping them direct their passion. Because I've learned that finding your passion, having passion, to me, it's one of the, I'm going to say one of the most beneficial, I'm going to say strategies you can ever apply in your life is the idea of understanding what your passion is and knowing how to use it. And when I say that, what I mean is that people that have found their passion get more done, Other people like them more. They're more infectious and people want to be around them. They call in sick less often. They, If they're an entrepreneur, they are able to uh, deal with the stresses that come with being an entrepreneur and still have a smile on their face. And it goes on and on. There's so many benefits of living with passion. I could never even sum them up in an interview. So the vitamin P concept is that I've said often that I feel that vitamin P, so that passion, is maybe 
the, it's the only vitamin or one of the few you can't get in the store, but it may in fact be one of the most powerful vitamins you'll ever take. So fueled by vitamin P, what I mean by that is fueled by passion. And the vitamin P connection is just the idea that it is something we should find a way to bring into our life, take every day, and the results will be a lot more positivity and probably even healthfulness and wellness than we might even experience with almost any other vitamin we're going to find in a store. Wonderful. And one person... Uh, apart from you, obviously, who has that vitamin P, it seems whenever he talks on stage or whether he's on audio, it really resonates. You feel energetic as Gary Vaynerchuk. And it seems like he has a lot of passion. And he speaks about something called the hustle, which is that if you want something, if you have a drive, if you want to achieve your purpose, then you are the only one who can stop you from achieving that. Nobody else can. And you need that vitamin P. Now, Corey, you've interviewed some of the top achievers, including Jack Canfield, Zig Ziglar, T. Havaker, John Lee Dumas, Guy Kawasaki, and the list goes on. But I've also read that you've gone through years of hypochondria and extreme anxiety. So what was that experience like? So for me, that experience was, well, at the time, it was as close to debilitating as you could get. So it was, it really, for lack of a better way of saying, it took me out of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was in a successful sales career. So I was, I was still achieving success, but it was definitely dampened by my daily visits to the local medical center, uh, thinking that I had something new every day. Like it was, you know, it was always every time I'd read about something, uh, any kind of illness, I would start developing the symptoms and I couldn't even see outside the bubble to realize that, you know, the day before I had a totally different symptom. So I couldn't, re- you know, I couldn't see outside the bubble to realize that it was all in my head. And so, and it started with anxiety and that was about two years and then it kind of moved its way into hypochondria. And so what it was like, I mean, the best way I can describe it is that it was almost like being inside, your life is in compartments. So you're, you're living minute to minute compartments. So it was like, I couldn't see beyond what I was dealing with at the time. I couldn't see a future that would exist without it. I I actually, because I thought I had different illnesses, I didn't know if I would have that future. And it was really just one of those things where you almost felt like every minute was a lifetime because you were so inside your own body and stuck inside your own head. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. Right. You mentioned that your life was in compartments and you just could not see beyond for someone listening to the show right now who might be having similar symptoms who's going through a level of anxiety or stress and really wants to overcome these challenges what is that one step that this person would have to take to change well you know i have to say of course uh, as a disclaimer it's probably different for either everyone or different people but what i will tell you is one of well one of the biggest game changers for me aj you know, and now I'll give you maybe a second one because I just talked about this one, so I don't want to leave people, you know, thinking I'm just jumping onto the one I already mentioned. But finding your passion is a big one. If you don't have passion in your life, then you're going to have a hard time, I feel, uh, dealing with the, the struggles and challenges of something like anxiety or hypochondria. At the same time, why passion is so powerful is because it's really hard to be fully passionate and positive and also be fully negative. And so to be, you know, to be filled with anxiety and hypochondria, you have to obviously have a lot of 
you know, negative negativity that's in your life because, you know, you can't be super positive and thinking only positive things and also thinking something's going to happen to you the next day, every day. So first of all, if you bring the passion in, I think it'll push some of the negativity out. But again, just so I don't leave people with that, you know, that strategy only, what I would say is uh, it's also worth doing things and they're hard to do when you have anxiety, depression or hypochondria, but to actually do things like exercise, meditating, uh, yoga, prayer, whatever that is for you, because my experience has been it's going to be hard to do it when you're in that moment, but that's when you need it the most. And it's not going to seem like it's probably super helpful at first, but what's going to happen is day by day, it's slowly but surely going to give you some of those positive um, endorphins. And that's slowly but surely going to also push out some of that negativity that's allowing that hypochondria or anxiety or depression to thrive. So, you know, both of them come back to bring positivity into your life. So uncovering your passion, if you have it already, And the second part is to start taking time to sharpen the saw and taking time to uh, feed your body. Wonderful. I noticed that you spoke about the fact that it might not be super helpful at first when you're changing your lifestyle, when you're embarking on a practice of yoga or meditation or whatever it is. It might not be super life-changing at first. But day by day, as you mentioned, if you embark on this discipline, whether you like it or no, Day by day, if you keep doing it, you'll notice things shifting. And over a period of time, not only you, but people around you will come up to you and say, you know what, you've changed. You've changed not only yourself, but you're also inspiring me. And when you mentioned that, Tony Robbins came to my mind because when he said, success leaves clues. So if you see a person who's really healthy, mind, body and spirit, somebody who's really good at yoga, just do what they do, follow the discipline, you know, Follow the rigor day by day, as you mentioned, and you will see the change. That's powerful. Uh, now, many of our listeners want to make a shift. They want to change the world and make a positive impact. Based on your experience from interviewing those inspirational leaders, what is the one thing that they do that sets them apart from the rest and enables them to make a positive difference in the world? So I'll give you really briefly the top three things. And Perfect. as a disclaimer, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll put one out there right away and then I'll, I'll go to the other two because believe it or not, and, and this is, you'd almost think I was making this stuff up to keep on the topic of passion, but the number one most common trait is that these people have discovered their passion and they're living on purpose. So they know what their purpose is. They have their own mission statement, whether they have it written or in their head. So that's, that's the number one. But the other two things that are crucial and, and major one is that uh, they've, been, they've decided to dive into lifelong learning. So how we describe it, I say that lifelong learners are leaders. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is you don't have to be a reader. We used to say as a society, readers are leaders. But there's a couple of problems with that thought process. First of all, uh, that implies that any, you can read anything and be a, learner, a leader. And that's not the case. So in other words, you can, if you go read, let's say, uh, books that are, you know, let's say romance novels. I'll use that example just to pull something <laughs> out. If you read romance novels, you know, you, it might be, you know, there might be some creativity that comes from that. There might be some, you know, benefits, positivity that comes from reading it. There's an escape moment. You know, you're escaping from your real life, all that stuff. But it's not going to make you a leader. You know, it's not going to make you somebody that's influencing other people. It's not going to make somebody you somebody that's continued to grow their, their mind, in my opinion. So I don't subscribe to the idea that readers are leaders. But then there became, you know, a lot of people kind of followed up with that and switched it to say that leaders are readers. And that mm-hmm. makes a little more sense because readers, you know, leaders have decided that they have to feed their mind. So that makes sense. 
And But it still comes back to what are you putting in your mind? What are you reading? But So I'm going to go one step further and say why I've actually termed it lifelong learners or leaders is because today, as you know, AJ, even just if you take the example of your show uh, or my show, the great part is today you don't have to be a reader to be a leader. Exactly. You can actually uh, listen to podcasts. You can listen, watch TED Talks. You can read, um, or I should say read, uh, you know, Success Magazine so that you can get the audio CD inside. So even if you're not reading it, so even if you're not a reader, you buy the magazine and it has an audio CD inside. You can buy audiobooks if you just, reading's not your gig. You might be able to read, but you just not, might, might not enjoy it that much. You might find it a laboring process and you might not be able to get into it. Well, now you have other options. So the, the other trait, like I said, is uh, number two trait is that Lifelong learners are leaders. And the other one I'd, I'd share that these um, enlightened super achievers, as I call them, are doing differently is they go all in with the person they're with at the time. So what that means is they don't sit there on their phone while they're sitting in front of somebody, like most people do today. They actually focus on who's in front of them right now, so then they can focus later on on who is next. And so that could mean I'm focused on my, you know, our conversation right now, and I go all in with it. But then when I'm in front of my phone, I go all in with my phone. Where a lot of people are trying to multitask. What I've noticed is the enlightened super achievers are really big on single tasking and focusing. And so I've often said that I think single tasking, we should try to make it the new sexy. So um, that's the two big things is that they, they're in the moment, they go all in with whoever or whatever they're doing at the time, and then they dedicate themselves to lifelong learning. And then, like I said, the bonus one is the fact that they, uh, they've also brought that passion into their life and they, they're living on purpose. So I loved your point about lifelong learning. Action Tribe, you don't have to be a voracious reader to grow and transform. If reading is not for you, as Corey mentioned, there are magazines, there are podcasts, there are webinars, there are audiobooks. And as you know, podcasts are free. You don't really have to pay for anything if you have iTunes. And now Google Play also has its own set of podcasts coming up. So a lot of knowledge available. And uh, also Tony Robbins uh, mentioned something called downtime. So especially if you're traveling or if you're commuting or if you're running, you're taking a jog, you can just plug in your earphones and learn something new every day because again, it's lifelong learning. So ask yourself, what are you putting into your mind? What are you learning? And how are you different from one week back or one month back. Now, Corey, finding your life's purpose is a topic that we discuss on each and every episode, and you spoke about passion as well. Based on your experience, how does a person go about finding their life's purpose? What would be the first few actionable steps that they could take? First few actionable steps, probably a big one is that they have to make a, well, so they have to sit down and, and ask themselves, what is the thing that gets me excited, that lights my fire, that, that uh, makes my heart sing? You know, what is, you know, what is that thing? And so what that's probably going to look like or involve for them to actually determine what that thing is, they may have to make a list. Uh, so I usually help and tell people to make a list of the things that they love to do. So what is the thing that when you do a time stand still, you don't watch the clock, you have a smile on your face. Then secondly, I would say to go back to your childhood and ask yourself, what is the thing that you did when you were a child that, you know, got your mojo working? And, you know, what is the thing that made you really excited when you were a child when money wasn't an issue probably? And then finally, uh, I would say, well, I won't say finally, I would even say, uh, ask yourself um, what you wish you could be doing. So what would you love to be doing? And then finally, if you were to win the lottery today, what would you 
you continue to do or what would you start doing? Because a lot of people love to say they would go on, sit on the tire and never work again. But we all know that a lot of people pass away right after they retire because they lose their sense of purpose. Even if they didn't like the job, sometimes they needed that purpose. So, you know, what is the thing you would continue to do? Maybe you go to the beach for a month and not work, but eventually you get bored and want to work or do something. True. So I get people to make that list of those things. So they made the list now, let's say, and it comes out to eight things that fall into those four categories. And then what I would suggest to them is now you have that those eight things, what I want you to do is prioritize them. Which is the one that you could never get rid of, that you still have to do or you would always have to do? And, you know, which are the ones that you enjoy, but you're, you're okay if you don't do them? So then you order that list, and let's say the number one on the list is to, to take pictures. You love taking pictures of animals or people or what have you. Then what I would say is you start at the top of the list, obviously, to the ones that you think maybe your passion and the ones that excite you the most, and you start actually taking baby steps towards them. So, you know, what would you have to do if you wanted to be a photographer? What would you have to do if you wanted to be a musician? What would you have to do if you wanted to be a stand-up comic? And there's little steps you can take. So me as a stand-up comic, I can tell you I took the, a different path, jumped up on the stage without any any uh, preconceived notions, without any training, anything at all. But what, you know, what a person could do is they could actually figure out who are the local comics that they could approach at a comedy club and maybe sit down and talk to them or ask them questions or pick the rain or take them for lunch. They could uh, also just go to the local comedy club and start watching comics and seeing what they're doing differently. Why are they succeeding? Why are they failing? They could go to something like a Toastmasters or a Rotary and get experience speaking in front of two people at a time and four and six. And so these are all baby steps. They could list, you know, 20 baby steps that they would have to do before they might ever step on the stage to perform stand-up. Ideally, they would maybe crush those steps in a matter of two or three months. And so in three months' time, just by having that kind of a plan and knowing that stand-up comedy or photography or whatever that is might be their passion, they actually can maybe take two or three months and find out. that If they enjoy the journey, like that original quote I said, then it's not going to be a waste of time. And then when they get to that end result, if they do jump on the stage and if they do perform and they do decide, you know what, I don't like this at all, you know, the thing, AJ, is they only spent two months, three months doing it, trying to see if that's their passion. They had a great journey that they maybe learned from and grew <laughs> from. But here's the cool thing. Yeah. Most people go their whole life, and I'm saying most, they, they have heard as high as 90% without ever finding their passion. And if you think about how many people are unhappy with their job, it might not surprise people to hear that. So if most people go their whole life, invest 80 years, whatever that number is, and never find their passion, is it really that bad if you spend two months or three months on a journey that you learn from and grow from and maybe don't find your passion? So if you go down that path and you try that thing that's on the top of your list and it doesn't work, then maybe you jump to number two. And the cool part about that is it might take you a year to go through your list, even if the last thing on your list is your passion. But it's probably going to be a very exciting year. You're going to step outside your comfort zone a whole lot. And you're going to become a bigger and better person either way. And I would say if you found eight things on that list that you really enjoy, there's probably going to be good odds that you're going to find your life's purpose in there. Wow. I think those are some really incredible tips. Uh, What I noted down was, firstly, make a list of things that you're really passionate about. Go back to your childhood. Uh, And in fact, Corey, as a child, I used to love recording my voice. I used to practice for hours and hours together. But I couldn't really think of any career that I could make out of that. So that, I think, is a wonderful point. Think about action takers. Think about what if you win the lottery? What would you do with that money? And then prioritize a list. Reach out to people in that space, people who are successful, people who are experts. Buy them coffee. Ask questions. And then hang out with people in your space. Join a community. Maybe like Toastmasters if public speaking is something that you want to get into. But uh, like they say, you are the average of the people that you hang out with. And success leaves clues. So if you want to get somewhere, take baby steps so that you don't get overwhelmed, but take 
action. And Cody, I'm sure you agree that following your dreams, taking action, changing the world is not possible without focusing on health and wellness. So is there a simple yet powerful health tip that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I I guess the, the key thing that I try to do every day is I try to practice now, even Jack Canfield earlier, And one of the things that uh, Jack shared with us on the show that he said if he could only continue to do one thing that he did in his career to be successful. In other words, if he couldn't do any of the things he's done, maybe 100 things, but he could only still do one. And he wrote a book called The Success Principles with 64 Principles. So to get him to say only one that Mm -hmm. has been the most out of all of them that's responsible for his success is a big deal. And what he said he would continue to do is his hour of power. And so what that translates into in a very quick Reader's Digest version is Jack spends 20 minutes a day exercising, 20 minutes a day learning. So that could be reading, watching a video, whatever it is, and 20 minutes a day meditating. So going inward. So what health tip I would give you is actually, you know, I guess sharing Jack's uh, tip because I started doing that in my life is to find a way to practice an hour of power. And so combine those things. And, and you know what? You can replace meditating for prayer, prayer if that's your thing. Uh, you can replace exercising for yoga because there's obviously a component of it there and you're still getting good, you know, solid breathing yep. in. So I would say... Uh, find a way to practice an hour of power incorporate some breathing technique into it you know so yoga will do that for you if that's the case because breathing is such a powerful thing and myself included most of us struggle with breathing fully and properly Mm -hmm. and so I would just say to find a way to give that hour to yourself and in that hour make sure you're growing and feeding your mind and also feeding your body so we'll have that up in the show notes. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for this episode, visit my 7 slash 103. That's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-E-S dot com slash 103. What we fear doing most is usually what we most need to do. Now, this is a powerful quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Action takers, I love this quote for its simplicity and directness. Think about the time when you were learning to swim. I'm sure jumping into the blue pool must have been really scary, but you did it anyway. Think about the time when you were learning to drive. You probably thought you might run over a few pedestrians and ram into a wall, but you took action and now driving is second nature to you. Your comfort zone keeps you safe, but it sometimes keeps you from growing. So ask yourself, what is that one thing that you currently fear, but is something you know you need to do or learn in order to grow and take baby steps? So think about it and consider pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. And Corey, let's go back to a time when you faced a major challenge. What was your approach? And then how did you overcome that particular challenge? You know, probably, I guess if I think about a big challenge that has always stuck with me, is I had a a newspaper, a business publication when I was quite young, so 19 years of age. And the challenge was that the business wasn't doing what I thought it would do. I I thought it would be this hugely successful business simply because I started it. And the business did quite well. But again, it wasn't anywhere near as successful as I hoped or thought it would be. So the challenge becomes, do you continue to push a, a rock that's bigger than you up a hill that you shouldn't even be on in the first place? And so I ran the publication for a year. I I got the things I needed to get out of it. So, you know, the experience of running it, to be able to add it to my resume, if you will, and the people I met through it. And then the the challenge became this company or this business is going to typecast me, you know, in the sense that 
if I don't move and, and get into a bigger city and work in a bigger corporate world, then I'm going to be kind of known as a small town business publication publisher. And that was one fear and challenge I was facing if I kept running it. But secondly, the, the, the bigger challenge was that I didn't know financially if the publication was going to yield enough of a return to support my life even on a low scale to the level I needed to. And so it was a, the challenge of making that decision. So it might sound like the challenge was do you go to business or not, but the challenge was making that decision. Do I keep running this publication or do I move on while I still can and look at it as a great learning experience and walk away where I don't haven't burned any bridges? So it was the challenge of how do you make that decision and, and leave your baby, something you built from scratch, and know that it's the right decision. So that was the challenge. And, and I guess how I did it is that I really just sat down and asked myself what I wanted my uh, long-term mission or purpose to be. And so now I have a written uh, personal mission statement I had, I've had for years, and I've only altered it slightly. Back then, I didn't have one, but I essentially visually asked myself. So it was almost like I was putting together a mission statement and said, what do I want to be doing? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to be impacting? Uh, where do I want to live? And I asked myself those questions, and every, almost every answer came back basically saying, you know, it's time to move away from this publication. So really it was me sitting down and, and asking myself, what do I want my future to look like rather than getting stuck in what my present looked like? Mm -hmm. So looking back now, in just one sentence, what is that major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners? That you can, regardless of where you start, it, it doesn't dictate where you're going to end, I guess would be the, the best way to say it. So where you begin today doesn't have to dictate where you end up tomorrow. Wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. You had a newspaper publication. It wasn't as successful as you thought it would be. And you were afraid of being typecast. You uh, and wanted the publication to be profitable. And you wondered, should you keep pushing or should you leave it? And then you didn't take an immediate decision. You took some time to focus on the long-term vision and on your purpose. You asked the right questions. And finally, you got the answer and i think there's a lot of takeaways over here which our listeners can also depending on what challenge they are facing they can take these lessons and apply it in their life as well and action tribe i may not have met you but i do know one thing for sure that you are bold determined and strong and you are going to make a big and lasting change in your life and as you move on in your journey remember that you will meet people from all walks of life who will react in different ways to your mission some will be positive and encouraging whereas some will be negative discouraging and will give you names they'll typecast you during such times remember that someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality only you know your story and nobody else and that's probably why peak performance expert les brown once said believe that you possess a basic goodness which is the foundation for the greatness you can ultimately achieve so cory have you found your life's calling and if yes what is your life's calling so, first of all, the answer is I absolutely have. And my life's calling is, it's, it's not as simple as I'd love to say it's to speak to audiences in hopes that I can move somebody from point A to point B. It, you know, it's not as simple as that. So what I will say, it's, I believe my life's calling is to tell stories that can hopefully transform 
lives. And, you know, really that, that story can be through an interview. It can be through me being interviewed, like, you know, it's taking place right now, AJ. It can be uh, me staring, sharing stories from the stage. So it's however, whatever opportunity presents itself for me to share a story that can either impact or transform a life. That's what I feel and hope my purpose is. So looking back now, was there ever a magical moment beyond which you were pretty confident that things were going to change. Take us to that very moment. So now you mean, was there a moment that I wasn't confident or I was confident? That you were confident. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I, I got the question perfectly. Absolutely. I, I guess, you know, it's funny. It's it's a weird answer because when I talked earlier about the, the stand-up comedy, I was, when I first tackled and tried that, I, I was, of course, like anybody, I was as scared as can be. My throat was at the top of my, my mouth. My heart was beating. I was perspiring. I, my knees were knocking. I was terrified. At the same time, I was confident that once I got up on the stage, I would get through it. And I was confident that it would in some way transform my life. I didn't know how it would. I didn't know why I was that confident because I had no right to be. I only was given five minutes notice after doing a two-week workshop where I wasn't really taught a whole lot. And I was only given five minutes notice, didn't even have any material ready. So I definitely shouldn't have been confident in any way. Uh, And I was terrified. And I did bomb. And I was a mess on that stage. But I was confident that I could do it once I got up there. And I was confident that it would make a change in my life. Wonderful. So Corey, standing up in front of an audience is one thing. But standing up in front of an audience that expects you to be funny is a completely different challenge. So thanks a lot for sharing your bold story. And this brings us to my favorite round, the wisdom round, which is a rapid fire round that contains just four questions. So are you ready? I am 100% ready. (laughs) So what is the best advice that you have ever received? Best advice I've ever received was probably, it's a tough one because, you know, as somebody who has done a lot of interviews, I've been, <laughs> I've been given a lot of advice. Uh, so, but if I was trying to think what is the best advice, you know, it could have been from my grandfather who essentially taught me and told me, so both shared this with me and, and, and taught me it, was that basically that you have to work for what you want. And that it's not going to just simply come to you. You know, there's so many cliches and quotes that say things like build it and they will or it will come. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, like the law of attraction. I I was a fan of, you know, what that did and how that transformed people's way of thinking. And I'm not by knocking it by any stretch. But even the idea that when you watch the movie The Secret or you hear about the law of attraction, a lot of times people leave out what I think is just as important of a law, which is the law of action. You know, actually taking action. And so... My grandfather's advice to me about you have to work for what you want, I've learned more and more that he was, in my opinion, more accurate for my life, at least, than a lot of those uh, quotes were and a lot of those uh, movies and books were. So it's just the idea that you have to actually put in the work. It's not going to happen on its own. Wonderful. So name a personal habit that you'd like to recommend for our listeners. Well, I'd love to see... People, you know, of course, I would say the hour of power, which I already said, but since I covered that, I like to give something fresh and new. Uh, So what I would say as well, what I would add to that as a habit is I would tell people to practice the habit of communicating. So learning to become a better communicator, uh, that could be and that could mean practicing on your own at home, you know, talking to yourself in the mirror. It could mean listening to other speakers, watching a Tony Robbins or a Steve Jobs or, you know, whoever that might be. That's a top tier speaker a world-class speaker, 
you know, watching what they're doing. And so the habit is actually growing yourself when it comes to your communication skills. And there's so many ways to do that. We mentioned Toastmasters. I mentioned stand-up comedy, probably not for the faint of heart or not the easiest path. Uh, <laughs> but also, like I say, watching other speakers and dissecting what they're doing really well and what they're, you know, what they maybe are doing not so well. And then on your own, practicing the habit of communicating daily. Maybe it means when you're communicating with your spouse, taking pauses and, and telling them you want to practice. So ask them to critique you. So it's just the habit of improving your communication skills. Awesome. So what is your morning ritual like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day? Well, I, I practiced, I mentioned that hour of power. Well, I practice what I call, and I kind of made it my own. I practice what I call my 120 minutes to win it. Mm. And that name, I think, is probably, for me, it's probably a reference to that TV sh- game show called A Minute to Win It. I think that's probably <laughs> where it came from. But essentially what it is is that hour of power that I mentioned that Jack does. I love that. I tweak that for to work for me. So I do that for the first hour. Now, this is, of course, assuming I'm not on the road uh, speaking at 7 or six or eight in the morning so i'm talking just if if i you know if i get up and i don't have a talk that i have to rush to uh so what i would typically do is i'd spend an hour uh, with myself doing some variation of what i mentioned that jack does and then my next hour would be essentially making sales calls uh, or returning calls essentially growing my business so whatever that means growing my business but the biggest thing that i do differently is it's uninterrupted time so i don't you know, where some people might spend an hour making calls or they spend the whole day making calls, but they also take calls in between. Well, in my opinion, you can't get the same productivity out of four hours if you're taking calls and letting things interrupt you as you can in one hour if you're completely focused and that's all you're doing. So that's what I do with my second hour is I make a focused effort to grow my business. What's the most powerful book that you've ever read? Well, I have to you know, call on the one that's changed my life the most and started me reading, which is why it changed my life the most. So it's a book that a lot of your listeners are probably familiar with. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And that was the game changer for me. I had never read a book in my life until that point. Uh, and it, it, I was 27 years of age. So I didn't start reading at a young age. So I started reading that book at, uh, like I say, at, at 27 years of age. And it was a game changer because it was the first book that truly pulled me in and it never let me go. And since that time, I mean, there's months where I read five books a month. So Action Tribe, to access today's show notes, visit my 7 slash 103. That's my 7 slash 103. So Corey, it's been great chatting with you today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you. Well, I'm grateful just in general for my life. I'm grateful for finding my passion and purpose. Uh, You know, I'm grateful for my, and I know you said one, but I'm grateful for having a patient girlfriend who is okay with me being on the road, you know, maybe transforming hopefully another life or, or helping to guide another life while, you know, her having to be home and, and hold up the fort. So I guess as a two part, I'm grateful for, like I say, almost everything in my life in general. I'm grateful that I, you know, that I wake up every day. But I guess the, the big things are, you know, a supportive mother, uh, a supportive uh, girlfriend who also understands what I'm trying to do with my life and my purpose. And then, of course, because I found my passion, I get to hopefully make a difference while also living on purpose every day. So I know it was one. I know you asked for one, but that's kind of they're all together for me. I, I sync it all together. Uh, so and as far as how people can reach me, uh, AJ, I'm going to give you the I'm going to say the, the best route for today, but I probably should give you a backup route because it won't be 
maybe current in you know three months time or four months time and of course somebody listening to the show then i want them to have an option too Mm -hmm. Uh, but we put up a website uh, a couple of months back for a new program that i'm getting ready to launch Uh, the program well the website is called the speaking program and the idea behind it is I, i get asked weekly by people how do you get paid high fees to speak and also get booked every week and and how do you build a career like that? And because I've been getting asked it so long, I finally decided I'm going to do something about it. So I'm releasing three upcoming videos that are free in a video training series. And then I'm following it up with a fourth video, which is uh, another free training, but also it's going to be introducing a program for those who want to dive even deeper with me and lit- literally take their career perhaps in three months to where it would take or where it took me 14 years to get. So I'm, I'm basically launching that program in June. So for people that want to connect with me, they can jump on to thespeakingprogram.com. There's a video there they can watch about the program. I think it's about a 10 or 12 minute video. And then they can literally sign up below whether they watch the video or not. They'll be a member of our tribe then. They'll get all the free videos. And then if they want, they can opt out after that or they can stay in and get free wisdom and insight that's taken us thousands of hours to learn on a weekly basis. Um, and then, so that's the way they can kind of reach out and connect with me now. And especially if they want to know more about that program, but for the long term, I guess probably the easiest way to direct people is the website, the passion So again, the passion And on that page, people will find my blog, all my social media links. They can watch my Ted talk from there, uh, get copies of my books and they can also listen to episodes of our show there as well. So that's kind of the main hub going forward. Wonderful. So action tribe communication is so integral as you head towards your journey. You cannot do it alone. You need to have a tribe, a community, uh, a set of friends, uh, business associates. And for all of that, you need to communicate. And according to research, one of the uh, things that people really fear is going on stage even more than death. So what if you could, learn to speak in front of an audience and get paid for it as well. And if you want to do that, then the speaking program is for you. The speakingprogram.com head there, get to know more information, see the videos and really get inspired. And the passioncure.com is another website that you should check. If you want to learn more about Corey Poirier, we're going to have both the links up in the show notes so that you can at whenever you're free, Click on the links and go on there. And before we end today's episode, make sure you download your gift for listening to today's episode 27 of the most inspirational quotes shared on air, a document that will be delivered straight to your inbox. To download your gift, you can visit our website slash 27 download. It's my 7 slash 27 download. We'll have all these links in the show notes so you don't have to worry about that. Corey, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of vitamin P, vitamin passion, and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. My pleasure, AJ, and thank you for helping to make a human revolution possible. Thanks for all the great work you're doing. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.